I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You want to know my problem with Valtteri Bottas? Is that he's not driving for Mercedes still. Without Valtteri Bottas there to help steady the ship with Lewis Hamilton, that the team which has been known for being absolutely rock steady is starting to look, well, the opposite of rock steady. And it's all to do with the addition of George Russell. Mercedes really kind of had to put George Russell in the car after many years on the sidelines at Williams and then partnering Lewis Hamilton who was very resistant to this change, and look where we are right now. The team is starting to look kind of similar in dynamics and awkwardness that they had in 2016, and I don't think they want to repeat that. Both of the drivers are good. In fact, too good. That's a problem, you see, because both drivers have a point to prove. George Russell is a young man in an absolute hurry, keen to show the team that they were right to upgrade him from the Williams team. He wants to show them that he's smart, he's fast, he can think of things on the fly, like Fernando Alonso can and like Carlos Sainz could. In fact, he wanted to try out one of Sainz's things and it didn't work and it just left everybody confused as to why is he why is he trying this he wants to show he's the future of mercedes whereas lewis hamilton is the president of mercedes and has been around for a decade and he wants that eighth title he wants to prove to everybody that you can go into your 40s and still be viable for a title and i know that fernando alonso is kind of doing it but lewis wants to do it as well mercedes are no longer the calm and serene place that they have been since 2017 and through 2020 and maybe a little bit of 2021. When Valtteri Bottas came to the team, the team just looked absolutely imperious. Everything could go by serenely. They had a good handle on the technical regulations. They had an absolute period of dominance that really wasn't being questioned at all. And it just kept getting even more dominant. 2019 was just, wow. 2020, even more so. The W11 going down in history as one of the fastest cars in the entire history of the sport. Lewis was in charge and Bottas was his wingman and they got on famously. And Lewis reckons that he's one of his favorite teammates throughout his entire career. 
and this all culminated to Bottas not being that far behind, and throughout their entire time together, they scored 22-1-2 finishes, which is absolutely impressive, and something that just epitomizes the Mercedes period of absolute domination. Of course, it's not as much as the 30-1-2 finishes that Rosberg and Hamilton had in their time together, but when you combine that also with the rifts and tension they had, I think you could take those 8-1-2 finishes that you didn't have between Bottas and Rosberg and, you know, it's small price to pay. Far less headaches than what they see right now. And in any case, 22-1-2 finishes with Bottas and Hamilton, it's way better than the 11-1-2 finishes that Verstappen and Perez have. Sure, he's not absolutely remarkable and really, really quick, but on his day, he can be a monster in qualifying. And that really good position that he can get for the race it does translate very well sometimes. And yes, of course, Bottas does make his own share of mistakes. And if he's actually down the grid, he does become anonymous, as we are seeing more and more of at Alfa Romeo. But on his day, he can provide the goods. And he is more likely to follow Lewis home and not rock the boat or get in Lewis's way. He knows what the team expects of him. And he's lucky to be there. And out of it, he managed to get about 10 wins. And 10 Formula 1 victories, that's not bad at all. Double figures. People will remember him. And not just for the fact that he now has a mullet and he really likes his morning espresso. So why would Mercedes want to change that? Well, they kind of have to. And it's now starting to backfire on them. Because Peter Windsor on his live streams, which are actually really, really good and very insightful, demonstrates to us that right now, Mercedes are in a state of flux and they really don't know how to get out of it. Despite the fact that they have seen this before nearly a decade ago. According to Windsor, there is an imbalance when there had been a perfect balance. The team was focused on having a first driver and a second driver without outwardly saying it. Lewis Hamilton was very sad to see Valtteri Bottas go and to have that dynamic change or be removed and then being replaced by somebody who's constantly snapping at your heels, trying to get the better of you. And then you're just like, get off, get off, George. Lewis is irritated and he's being annoyed and just pestered to try and show that he is still the fastest driver. And then you've got this young upstart coming along saying, well, I'm good too. I want to prove things. And you're like, George, mate, we're not in a position to do that. We're not fighting for a title here. We're fighting to try and keep second place in the constructors. Just button it, will you? You'll have your time. Do you think Mercedes really want that right now when they're trying to figure out the car and then try and figure out a new plan to go into 2024 with? No. I don't think they need that. And now it's scuppering their chances to get second place in the constructors where it should have actually been really guaranteed thanks to their consistency. As I talked about in my video from a couple of days ago, link up top. Valtteri was one of Lewis's favorite teammates and why wouldn't he be? He was a good rear gunner who helped Lewis out and yet was close enough in points to give Lewis a little bit of a challenge every now and again. Keep him on his toes amidst all of the battles with Vettel in 2017 and 18. And I think another thing that I really see in George, especially when we saw that video on the Formula One YouTube channel, when he was talking with Lando and Alex about their times as rookies, he wants to catch up to all of the stuff that Lando has managed to do with his now 10 podiums in Formula One. And what Alex Albon's been able to achieve, his short time at Red Bull, and then his time as being a team leader at Williamson, guiding them into a new age of ascendancy. He's not really had that, sure. He kept Williams afloat in 2021, but aside from that, things weren't really progressing. 2022, I mean, yeah, things looked all right and he was very consistent, but this year, all George is proving to us is that he's a little bit annoying and that's not really good for his image. And I'm really saddened by that. And Lawrence Barreto, F1 expert <laughs> and also a name buddy, reckons that the best piece of advice that George can have is this, him. The sensible thing to actually beat him is not to fight him. That's Lewis, by the way. 
I know that sounds really silly, but execution, that was the thing to do and he just couldn't resist it. Because I think there was also that internal battle between who is top dog in that team. And so I suppose George has to prove two things. He has to prove that he is the future for that team, he is the driver that they should be backing already now, even though they've got a seven-time world champion in the other car, but also he has to get the best result. And I think often, particularly in this scenario, you can't prove both those things in one go. You can actually see Lewis doubling down in his efforts to show that he is the right person to be the leader of the team. He is more vocal about what the problems with the car are, and he's actually being more active at the factory and overseeing the entire project. He is getting stuck in again, and yes, of course, he might have been coasting for the last few years with Valtteri by his side, but he really shouldn't have to be going to this length to try and make sure that everybody knows that he's the team leader and that George is just basically being a little bit desperate. Lewis is trying to tell George to back off and just play the team game because that's what the team needs right now. But no, George doesn't really see that. His desperation and aggression are just leaving Mercedes floundering and not really sure how to proceed, not sure how to process it. After all of this time, the memories of 2016 for Mercedes were being just pushed to the background, almost forgotten. But right now they're being dragged back in by George and they really don't like it. So this begs the question, would Mercedes right now be better off if Valtteri Bottas had stayed and hadn't moved to Alfa Romeo and been practically forgotten by the entire grid most of the time? Well, uh, maybe. I mean, for sure, the team would be more at peace than they are right now. 2022 wasn't so bad as the team were already dealing with a major issue with the car and there wasn't much time to worry about intra-team rivalries. George scoring in the top five regularly for the first half of the season? That was necessary. That was good morale. George was playing the team game. That's what you should have done. And I reckon that Valtteri would have been doing the same, albeit maybe not quite as high in the points. But then 2023 came along, things were being learnt, mistakes were being improved upon, and now you had a car which could viably go for podiums a little more often. There was more at stake, and George was wanting to get a move on. From Jeddah, we saw him fending off team orders, trying to prove to the team that he is better than Lewis and that they should trust him. Things started to come undone and we are now where we are now. If Bottas were around in 2022, he might have been as good as George since he would have had more knowledge of the 2022 car from the simulator runs and development from 2021, but he was already falling off the back of Max and Lewis in 2021. His pace was starting to fall off where it had been before. But crucially, he was still ahead of Checo. Lewis probably would have gotten better results too, without any sort of worries about a young driver getting in the way. And also, I reckon that development decisions of the car would have been done a little bit quicker. It would have been much clearer for Toto and the others that this Zeropod project that both Bottas and Hamilton had been developing it wasn't really working. They would have probably scrapped that in the bin a little bit sooner, and we might have had a W14 with side pods from the very beginning and a slow transition towards a more Red Bull-like concept, and Mercedes might have been on the ball a little bit faster in 2023. That beginning period of George scoring that many points and then getting that win in Brazil, it made people think, hmm, maybe there is something to this concept after all. So with Bottas maybe a little bit further behind, it would have been clearer to everybody that... Nah, this ain't working. Let's just scrap it. But all of this would have been handled a lot more calmly because there wouldn't have been any conflicts with the teammates. They would have both banded together and figured out together what they needed to do. And Lewis probably would have been a little bit more calm about it, albeit as calm as you can be with your first season that you never got a win. 2023 would have therefore been better in terms of concept and they would have been firmly in second place in the constructors with more consistency. 
Altery might have been a little bit better as well. Lewis would be on the podium more regularly, and we might have even seen him get a win or two. And not to mention, you don't have teammates duking it out, especially towards the end of the season where points were actually being missed. And George having that mistake at Singapore, and then Suzuka, his tires go off. He's trying to do that DRS thing points being thrown away again. Maybe as much as like 20 plus points, which are vital at this time in the season. But then what would happen with George? Would George really want to stick around at Williams for that little bit longer? Well, yes and no. Alex Albon would have come in as his teammate. Now you might be thinking, well, Nicholas Satifi was there. He's a paid driver. Surely all of that sponsorship money, you wouldn't want to throw it away. Well, Williams were saying in 2022, when they re-signed Nicholas Latifi for another year, they really didn't need his money from Safina Foods anymore. The investment from Dalton Capital was enough to keep the team afloat, within one more year. And that was nice of them. That was really respectful. That's what we're starting to see at Williams at the moment. They're really, really faithful and loyal to their drivers. They're really fair. Sometimes maybe a little bit too fair. I'm actually really intrigued about an Albon-Russell lineup. The development run for Williams would have been a lot faster. Things would have looked a little bit more optimistic. Maybe Williams might not have been last in 2022. And then 2023, that development, oh, with James Vowles on board, that would have been really tasty. Maybe enough to keep George Russell around a little bit, seeing an upward tick in performance, maybe closer to Alpine and the constructors. George might have scored more regularly in the top five, perhaps. Especially if you were at Williams and looking from the sidelines, that Mercedes had fallen off a cliff with a car that couldn't win races. He might have thought, you know what? That looks not so good. So uh, I'll just stick around with these chums, all right? It might have eased the pain. And as for Bottas, how long would he have lasted? Well, he would have lasted as long as Lewis was there. The day that Lewis Hamilton would announce his retirement, Bottas would announce his retirement as well, or Mercedes would let him go. Without Lewis there, then what's the point of keeping him? I know that sounds harsh, but you gotta be real here. Then George could have come in without anyone to worry about. He would have been the de facto team leader driving Mercedes into the future. He would have been a lot calmer, a lot more assured. Maybe having Mick Schumacher as a teammate or someone else like Frederick Vesti or Kimi Antonelli by that time in 2026 or wherever. It's really, really intriguing. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.